Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. You're listening to a special edition Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru, Mark Zweig, and his team of experts, Straight Talk, in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive, and these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter and the Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally wherever you are. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining Zweig Group Media and the Zweig Letter exclusive interview series. With almost 25 years of continuous coverage of the design industry, the Zweig Letter is a constant in an ever-changing marketplace. We are bringing you some of the best and brightest minds that our industry has to offer. Today, I am pleased to welcome Mr. Tim Carl. CEO of HGA Architects and Engineers, based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Tim, it's great to have you join us today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Randy. Oh, great, great. Good well, to be here. It's good, good to have you. Um, you know, as I was telling you before we started this interview, uh, we certainly want to learn a little bit more about you. But instead of me reading off a litany of things about your firm, why don't you tell us a little bit about HGA? So HGA has a, a really kind of awesome legacy. Um, it's a, it's you said based in Minneapolis. It's actually founded in Minneapolis, but now we are uh, uh, an eight office national firm uh, that still has a lot of things being managed out of Minneapolis, but we are actually expanding kind of uh, how we're led kind of across the firm. Okay. Um, but there's a great legacy. Uh, we were founded in 1953 uh, by our uh, two of our founding partners, um, uh, Kurt Green and Dick Hamill. Mm-hmm. And then the third partner, Bruce Abrahamson, came in, I think, about 1957, 56 or 57. Um, and they um, just had a really good, unique approach to the work. It was very collaborative, uniquely collaborative. They studied under Walter Gropius and the Bauhaus and, you know, wanted to bring artists and architects and engineers together to, you know, solve problems. And it's been a real important part of Alexi and one we've really tried to, to uphold. Um, we have grown. We are today, uh, again, I, th- I think I said eight offices. Uh, we have four offices in California, uh, uh, Minneapolis, uh, Milwaukee, uh, uh, a small office in Rochester, and then uh, almost six years ago, we opened an office in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, I think part of what we're experiencing now is really how we tie all those offices t- together, yeah. but also uh-huh. 
give them the you know the ability to, to 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 guide themselves as well. Okay, well that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean it's not, obviously you've got uh, like you said eight, eight offices um, over almost seven hundred people. Is that correct? Yep. yep. Okay. Wow, that's a big team, and I'm assuming the largest group are right there in Minneapolis. They are. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's we, awesome. We have about 250 here in Minneapolis, including engineers and architects. Okay. okay. The largest engineering group also in Minneapolis. And then our Milwaukee office was really the second office uh, founded in the in 1980s. Okay. And they have about 150 folks there. So. Okay. All right. Well, you know, so let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to roll this back just a little bit. And, and um, I had a chance to look at your bio and, and I know that you were, um, named uh, to the Progressive Architecture's Young Architects in 1993. And uh, while that seems like a generation ago, I guess technically it was. What do, you know, I'm not that old. I know, I know. And I'm not that old either. So just bear with me. That's, that's fine. Um, tell me what that did for your career at that point in time. Uh, it was before you joined HGA, I think. And uh, right. so that was kind of I'm just curious to know, because, you know, we have we actually have an audience of younger engineers and architects and land, landscape architects and planners that are listening to the podcast and watching these interviews. And I, I always want to make sure that we're providing them with some helpful information that uh, they can use as they course correct through the early part of their career and, you know, look to inspiration. And, and certainly I was inspired by just seeing that you were you were bestowed with that back in 93 and I'm just curious what that did for your career and, and how that impacted you uh, you know I'm not sure what it did for my career uh, it felt important at the time obviously <laughs> I think the most important story behind that uh, recognition was that I think it's one of the few times that progressive architecture uh, which no longer exists uh, well it's turned out uh, is uh, architect magazine does right. something uh, similar but um, that's one of the few times that they awarded that to a group okay. um, so we had a collective kind of group of, of young talent uh, at Ellery Beckett, uh, now AECOM, uh, that had been working so well together and had, had made such an impact as a group that we really decided that we didn't need to submit as a, as a team. And I, I just love that story because uh, I think often uh, in architecture, we tend to celebrate an individual or, an, uh, you know, look at architects more as artists sometimes. Right. And I think uh, uh, in at least in the publicity, or ignore sometimes the the real collective effort that's that's needed to do the work really well. Okay, how big was that team? Oh shoot! Uh, one, two, three, four. I think it was six people total. So you guys were almost like the Rat Pack of architecture at the time, huh? All in our twenties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I that's, was the oldest. You, you know, were the oldest twenties, but uh, uh, definitely keep keeping everybody in line. I'm sure. So. Uh. Yeah, no, well, that's good. Um, I mean, I just, again, I always like, you know, you know, you see all these 30 under 30 and 40 under 40 and all these different awards that, that, that people can gain at a young age. And I know sometimes I'm always wondering what that does for their career long term, right? When you think of that. And so I always like to hear these stories of how, you know, uh, individuals that were bestowed with some of these awards at a young age, how it ultimately impacted them. And, and obviously, um, CEO of HG, yeah, you're not doing too bad for yourself. So, 
<laughs> I think that's a good thing. So, you know, staying in the same vein of awards and and and, and accolades, and obviously, and, and I, I think in 2015, you guys were a Zwei Group Hot Firm Award winner. Uh, I want to say you guys are maybe number 38 or something like that, which, you know, is, is a great honor. Um, certainly, um, I, I, I'm just curious what, uh, and then I looked at your website, and I, I mean, I, there's probably like 10 or 15 pages of awards that you guys as a firm have won for your design and for your work on a multitude of projects all over the place. And so, you know, I mean, what do those awards, those those specific awards um, mean to you personally? And, and ultimately, how, how have they impacted your firm, you know, when it comes to getting new business and, and even, you know, certainly in the area that I focus in of recruiting, how has that helped you guys attract great talent to your firm? I think that's, uh, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to work, you know, with firms that were doing great work. And one recognition of that or one uh, understanding of that is through uh, the awards that the firms uh, have won. Um, and even as as I was on projects where we were winning design awards, it was just a, uh, you know, uh, a motivation and a uh, uh, a, an understanding and a, and a reward and a recognition that just made you feel good. Yeah. But the older I got and the more I became, you know, a leader on a project and the more I was connected, you know, even most directly with the clients, you know, I still want to win awards. I want to be recognized for the beauty and the function of the work. But the real reward is when the clients appreciate the award just as much. Right. Uh, uh, that they recognize an integration of, you know, ideas and 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 function and beauty that uh, uh, makes it worth it to them as well. It's not. It's not as. Um, rewarding uh if the clients aren't kind of right there with you yeah no that 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 makes sense and and certainly um you know you you always want to put your best foot forward i think as an organization to show what is possible now as as well as in the future so um and, and again i think just with the whole talent piece um what we hear nowadays in the marketplace especially from people that we recruit or we talk to about different opportunities is you know they all want to work at a firm that is making a difference um right. and, and i yeah. think you know at the end of the day that's what resonates with people uh, and especially you know this whole millennial group that we're working with now and there is a different sense or sensibility that a lot of these young people have that maybe even you and I didn't have when we were in our 20s um, and I think it may have been it was just different a different focus and so um, I think kind of sh- being able to show or highlight you know some of those great things that a firm is doing and the difference that it is making in the lives of the individuals that physically utilize those those creations as well as those that act, a- actually look at it on a daily basis you know that that to me is a game changer uh, and it makes it makes uh, it makes a world of difference. Well, I think I think right there's a traditional kind of look at awards as really about the aesthetic of, of any project. And I think what I love about how this is evolving is especially with the next generation. It's much more important that it is a is a. Uh, a variety of things that come together in terms of the impact that a project has. Uh, uh, in addition to aesthetics, it's, it's you know sustainability and it's you know the impact that uh, it can have on uh, the culture uh, of a community. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of culture of a community, I, I understand that you you took a a trip 
down to Argentina. And maybe, maybe, maybe you, you, you convinced your family to come along with you. I'm not sure. But what was that like as an architect? I understand that the architecture down there is absolutely astounding. Um, and, and from what I've heard about some of, some of the, some of the countries and, you know, major cities in South America, that it's almost got this European feel to it. But what, tell, tell us about your Argentinian experience. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, and I think in large part due to the fact that we have very good friends who live in Argentina. Okay. So we got to have guides and people who we love with us and, and really kind of showing us uh, a layer deeper than you might get on your own. Right. Uh, we got to go all over the country. We got to drive with our friends um, into the Salta region and into the mountains and as high as I think about 13,000 feet in this wow. mountainous area. Uh, we got to go to Iguazu Falls. Uh, it was it was incredible. Uh, my wife and, and both my boys, uh, uh, we were all together. And then we got to spend on the front end and the back end significant amount of time in Buenos Aires. Okay. And I just love that city. Yeah, I uh, got to spend a lot of time in a number of neighborhoods. And there's an incredible kind of cohesion mixed with diversity. Yeah. You, know, you go from one neighborhood to the other and there's a beauty that speaks to kind of the culture, both specifically to that area and also more largely to the place. Uh, I think one of my favorite things architecturally was the cemetery in Ricoletta. Okay. Oh my God, it's like a little city and just incredible. I could have spent all day there. And at one point my kids were like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Can exactly. we go somewhere else yeah. now? We're in a cemetery. This is freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, have you, you know, as since we're on the subject of Argentina and, and I guess maybe, you know, these foreign cities, it has, have you guys, your firm ever thought about, or have you guys done any work outside of the, outside of the United States at all? We've been very opportunistic. We have not uh, uh, sort of strategically, holistically attacked, you know, chased some part of the world outside of the U.S. Right. Uh, so the majority of our work is is within the U.S. Uh, but we have some very strategic um, uh, initiatives right now, uh, specifically in our healthcare practice, um, and then uh, where we have a national reputation in both healthcare and also in. Uh, the arts. We are looking at either following national clients overseas or actually finding strategic clients. So we're not trying to blanket a certain area. We're just trying to find strategic opportunities that that are the right kind of projects for us to work on. So, you know, Tim, tell us a little bit about uh, what it's been like to grow uh, HGA from, you know, where you guys were at the beginning to a 700 person firm. I mean, obviously that didn't happen overnight. And I'm assuming that there, I know you had alluded to how some of the offices have grown, but I know that there was some M&A activity in there, but, but tell us a little bit about how that happened. I, I think, I think maybe important to this story is that there are, a definite Midwest roots to the firm and how we've grown. Uh, you know, we, we we began in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities um, in 1953. In the 80s, we sent two people to Milwaukee uh, and they started a, a, a very successful practice that has grown uh, uh, very well. And we've kind of defied the odds for many, many years in terms of being able to access more national profile projects across the country from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. That's not easy to do. Right. 
so at the turn of the century, uh, like 1999, we began to look at California and, uh, you know, uh, kind of across the last 15 years have uh, grown to have four offices in California. Uh, uh, we have Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento and San Jose is the most recent. Uh, they're a, a, a great um, corporate interiors focused firm working with some great tech companies across the country. Um, and then about almost six years ago, we acquired a DC office. So I think where we're at right now, Randy, is uh, really some some very important growing pains in terms of bringing kind of the growth and maturity uh, to our coastal offices, uh, which are still sort of young compared to you know, our Midwestern offices. And so I think there's a big focus in terms of how we uh, build uh, just as strong of a regional presence mm -hmm. uh, on both those coasts. And then I think another big part of the equation is how we then leverage our national kind of talent and resources and you know how you have a really effective network of, of thinking that can cross all those offices and kind of lift every office up. That's a huge part of what we're going through right now. Okay. So, and, and, and with those growing pains that you mentioned, I'm just curious, how do you maintain that Midwestern culture in some far flung areas um, like the coast, the, the different, you know, the East coast and the West coast, but still maintain that, you know, that Midwestern sensibility um, that kind of made the firm to be what it is today? That's a controversial question. I'm going to try to answer it. Um, <laughs> I would say that in many cases, you can't sort of espouse a Midwestern culture if you're working on the coasts. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work. Yeah. However, I think in terms of the, the type of people that we are looking to bring into the firm, anywhere in the firm, coasts, Midwest, I think we're looking for a kind of a character that is, you know, driven by understanding clients and listening to clients. And, uh, you know, there's there's a Midwestern sensibility that, you know, because I'm from the Midwest, I, right. I feel that. Um, I'm not going to label it that, but I think there is some sense that that is part of our DNA. And it, it does impact kind of how we act kind of everywhere in the firm. Okay. Um, but I... I I, we're not necessarily branding that as as, uh, uh, as something that we would talk about out loud. I, go, I guess I am right now, but um, it's, it's a really good question. Okay. Well, good. So, um, and then the other thing that, that comes to mind as we talk about this, uh, as we talk about just acquisition and, and firm culture, I mean, where, where do you see HGA in the next three to five years? I mean, I, I just feel like we're in the design industry as a whole. We're on the cusp of some major changes uh, in the next five to 10 years as, 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 a, as a whole. And so as the leader of this 700 person firm, you know, wh where do you see yourself and where do you see the industry going in the next three to five years? Um, that's an easy question. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, we're having some amazing conversations across the firm right now about that exact uh, question. I would say that part of the conversation is uh, uh, coming back to our legacy and understanding how even more applicable it is today than, than it even was then. Mm -hmm. and that is this idea of creating a collective intelligence where we really utilize the diversity of talent and opinions and disciplines and gender mm -hmm. and uh, uh, generation uh, to strengthen kind of the quality of our ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so how we make that 
just an expectation in our culture uh, at, you know, in every office, in every practice group, um, and then how we use that as a strength that ties us together as a national firm is a huge part of where we have to go. I think what we're seeing is that the firms that can dive deeper strategically into what clients are going to need in the future are going to be more successful. Um, almost seeing, you know, in many cases, we're turning into strategic consultants that it's just as important to understand kind of, you know, pre-project, post-project, how we're helping clients sort of guide, you know, how we help to guide them on a path. Um, there's just a, a level of complexity to understanding that. And we have to go deeper and we know we can do that uh, better as a team than as individuals. And so that's, again, a part of the answer, uh, something we're really trying to strengthen in, in the firm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously teamwork is extremely important and, and especially across multiple locations and, and on multiple projects and teams. So that, that, um, that certainly goes without saying. I, I would have to say, um, I think one of the things that, that we're seeing as, a, as an overall or overarching theme in this industry is just the ability to continue to find good talent. Uh, and that's always that's always going to be a problem, right? Because I think at the end of the day, you're only as good as the people that you have on, on your staff. Um, and so, you know, that that certainly goes without saying. But that, that's fine. I mean, these these are these are some of the conundrums that that uh, leaders in the design industry are going to have to continue to grapple with. And certainly, um, I think new opportunities will present themselves in the marketplace that will uh, maybe address some of the talent issues. Um, opportunities will present themselves in the marketplace to allow for easier acquisitions and um, easier um, ways for firms to work together uh, in, in a more symbiotic relationship, if you will. So uh, I think the, 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 the next five to 10 years are going to be very interesting for sure. So well, I think just one aspect of that, I totally agree with the talent, the, the, the importance of talent and how hard it is right now. And it's going to continue to get harder. One of the things we're trying to do is that by uh, really leveraging diversity uh, in our practice, that there's a there's an appeal to that. People see diversity. They see, you know, empowering kind of generations, younger generations. They see uh, empowering women. They see uh, racial diversity. Um, and that's going to make us more attractive. And so that's something that's very important to us right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's going to be um, that's going to be amazing. Tim, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on the Zweig Letter interview series. We really appreciate that. Randy, a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, great. Well, listen, folks, as a reminder, all Zweig Group media programs like this one are available in both podcast and video format free for download on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube, just to name a few places. We'd like to thank you for watching this in video or listening to the podcast by offering you a free copy of the Zweig Letter. Just visit info.zweiggroup.com forward slash free TZL. A link to all of this information will be in our show notes. And we'd love it if you'd share this link with a friend. I'm Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to Zweig Group Media, part of Zweig Group. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. 
Thanks for tuning in to this special edition Zweigletter podcast. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription of the Zweigletter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today. Thank you.